This episode is sponsored by Titties, soft shoes for a hard world. Check out mytitties.com for the softest, coziest, loungiest shoes you'll ever own. Titties come in sizes for the whole family. There's the itty bitties for the kiddos, the tatas or chichis for the adults, or even the big knockers with one and a quarter inches of comfort to sink your tired toes into. MyTitties.com. That's M-Y-T-I-D-D-I-E-S.com. That's the only website you'll need to find the softest shoes for a hard world. How are you this evening, girl? Pretty good. What you drinking? Well, so glad you asked. Tonight, I am drinking a Barrel Hoops. I hope that's what it is. A Barrel Hoops Pinot Noir that was in a lovely gift basket that my husband gave me for Mother's Day. And it's pretty decent wine, so. Yay, Felton. Hey. Um, (laughs) So... I, I'm drinking a Cabernet Sauvignon, your favorite kind of wine, and mm-hmm. the, the varietal I'm drinking tonight is called Poppy, and I don't know why, but, um, okay, backstory, I collect the wine corks from all of the wine bottles that we drink. And oh my god, I do too! Yeah, I'm going to make a arts and crafts wreath from it or something. So I started getting around to doing that because we're all doing arts and crafts at home right now. And I was amazed how many corks of this particular type of wine. I was like, is this my favorite? Like, I thought I had another favorite. But (laughs) this one's like, you know, like the $20 version that goes really good with food. But my favorite wines are like the $40 versions that are just kind of best enjoyed on their own. So Mm -hmm. nice. I'll have to put a picture of all my corks on our Instagram so people can be like, your poor liver. (laughs) I'll have to do that. So what are we going to talk about this evening? You know, we kind of bonded, I won't say recently, but we had a bonding moment more recently um, at my house at a party we were at at a girl's night. And we got to share our love for murder TV or true crime. And it was just so funny that we both were so passionate about our love for murder TV. And I kind of thought that was really kind of funny. And I recently read a study, and I'd have to look into it so I could cite the source of it, that said that women are more into um, true crime documentaries than men. And you're aware of that fact too, correct? Well, I mean, I, I didn't, I, I, I didn't read the study, but like, what is that channel? I, identification Discovery. Oh, Investigative Discovery. Mm-hmm. IDTV. Yes. I mean, it's definitely skewed towards women. And if you look at like all of the Lifetime television movies, where you know, it's it's a, it's a very skewed women angle and then my favorite is the show snapped Mm -hmm. which is funny that I've I don't really watch that show but that whole genre I really really do like so I don't know why I haven't watched snapped what I mean I should obviously watch it right right (laughs) So, so on my bucket list like when I die you know like the top 100 things, if I could possibly have this happen, it would make my life magical. The lady who does the narrative on this show, I would want either her or Keith Daniels from Dateline. Either one. I'm impartial. I want them to follow me around on a regular day and just narrate all of the mundane stuff I'm doing. So dramatic. I know. I I know, but they, yeah, so they always start off the same. It's a perfect love story. She's perfect. He's perfect, but he's got a few flaws. 
And then there's ultimately either the woman murders the guy. It's usually by, um, what is the, um, antifreeze. Uh-huh. I was going to say poison, women poison. poison. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we like to poison. The women's like to poison. And then, you know, we're going to cover up our tracks because I feel like, like, Men are more devious, but women are more sneaky, so we can kind of cover our tracks, maybe. Huh. I don't know. I don't know either. I think women are more into the details, which might help them get away with it more. That, <laughs> that's that's sad. Probably, yeah, I mean, that that's probably the more, like, that's probably the better way to put it, but that's kind of <laughs> what I'm thinking. Like, um... Like, like like that whole thing with that dad in Colorado that like strangled the wife and then he's like, oh crap, what do I do? Oh, now I got to go to work. Well, let's just load all three of them in the truck and just kind of see what happens. And then Nate gets to work and he's like, well, I guess I can put the little ones in the well and the other, you know, the, the, the mom's already dead. So I'll just put her out in the field and then I'll just go on about my job and pretend like nobody's gonna notice or something so crazy you know that's the dv yeah that's the devious part of a man it's like what what why you gotta put her in the oil i mean like a like why are you murdering your family to begin with of course right but like i mean like if, if you're gonna go to that step to put them in an oil well thinking that they'll never be discovered Aren't you going to cover your tracks and play it a little bit better? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, and plenty of women don't get away with it, but it's a little, it's just a little more obvious when I think it's the man or the spouse, right? <laughs> I mean, we've, we've watched, yeah, we've watched enough of the murder TV and the true crime shows. It's like, geez, guys, why, why even get married in the first place? I don't know, but. I mean, it makes for some good TV. It's just you have to think about, man, these are real stories, though. It's like these are real people. And it's so dramatized for the the TV shows that we love. And these type of things have been happening for forever, not just, you know, current events. So I know you're into like, I I don't want to say historical. You have a favorite murder, right? Yes, I have a favorite murder. <laughs> that sounds so weird. You have a favorite murder. I mean, it's like, hey, Camille, which was your favorite kidnapping? Do you have a favorite? <laughs> I might. I might. Another episode. <laughs> yeah, like, I really like this kidnapping because of this and that. No, I, I mean, it, it sounds awful, but what I love about my favorite murder is the fact that the victim's family chose to cover it up in order to protect the family name in a very old New York wealthy kind of way that Instagram would never allow us to achieve in modern day society. Right. So, okay. So I'm intrigued. So, okay, let's hear about your favorite murder. What is, what, what what's the story? Okay. So <laughs> this is the murder of William Woodward Jr., whose family was like super old money from like the mid 1800s like his dad owned a bank and then they they also owned this very famous horse farm and his family has the unique attribute of having two horses that were triple crowns so they won the Kentucky Derby and the other two horse I'm not into horse racing so Mm -hmm. yeah so so family was like super like they're like Vanderbilt wealthy got it and and Ann Woodward, um, I mean, in the 1930s, to have a single mom who ran a taxi stand in Kansas at a crappy motel, like, that's where Ann came from. But she was cute. She had a nice little wiggle. She was vivacious, <laughs> a conversationalist. She was pretty sexy. So she, you know, put some pennies together, got on a bus to New York, and ended up being... What, what was called back then a showgirl. That okay. was her primary job. So at like the swanky clubs and stuff, like, I don't know, Copacabana. I don't know, I'm making up names. But at these swanky clubs, they had these like sexy girls or a part of like the showgirls. But, you know, when they weren't performing, they'd come around and dance with the patrons. Got it. So 
William Woodward's father saw her and liked her jiggle and wiggle and, um, let's say, spent time with her. Okay, and spent that, spent time with her at the at the club that they worked at the club she worked no, at. Or he even invited her down on the horse farm in Maryland. Like, hey, pretty girl from a club, like, you want to come see my vacation house? Like, okay, I'm yeah, picking up what yeah. you're putting down. Okay, he was his like like um, mistress for a short period of time until his and until William Woodward Senior passed off Ann Woodward off to his son. Okay, what? Okay, exactly. yeah, that's exactly. weird. That's weird. Super creepy, right? That so, would get that would get some some eyebrows raised today for sure. So this was right. what, when when was this all happening? What's the set? This, what's the this time? Was happening in like the early 1940s. Oh wow, yeah, right. I can't imagine the eyebrows back then. <laughs> Let's get away with that. So, anyways, when. William Woodward Jr. started hooking up with Anne. He was like, oh, my God, this girl, amazing. And he married her, like, immediately. And his family was like, what? Uh, yeah. You know, like, she's not one of our people. Right. You know, they're the kind of wealthy people that are like, she's not one of our people, right? But Billy Woodward Jr. went off to war. It was World War II. And while he was at war, his family made over Anne Woodward into being exactly like all of the girls he grew up with. So when he came home, he's like, what the hell happened? Like, I married her. Like, I wanted a little hussy. And you made her all respectable. Like, this is not what I want. I wanted a tawdry. Like, I wanted the club girl. I didn't want this, like, respectable girl with her pinky up drinking tea. And his family's like, I don't know. So it went on for like 10 or 12 years and they were like very unhappy. It was a very tumultuous marriage. And there were also rumors that he might've been bisexual. Oh. Right. Right. So fast forward to October 31st, 1955. They're in their Hamptons mansion. They had gone to a party with the Duchess of Windsor was there. And by this point, they're definitely sleeping in separate bedrooms. Right. Okay. So. For some reason, Ann Woodward pulls her, not her gun, her rifle out from, you know, underneath her bed or whatever. And as she's opening her door, her butt naked husband is opening up his door from like, a, you know, a standard hallway with. And she shoots and kills him. Wow. Just randomly one night they're sleeping. How does she know he's getting up? Like, was she listening for him? What? What? <laughs> what? Right. So, what? Right. So th there, there have been rumors amongst the Hampton wealthies that there was a prowler breaking into people's like pool cabanas and stealing sandwiches. It was like very mundane. Okay. And the night that this happened, Anne and Billy were like known to be talking about this at the party and, very, you know, seemed very concerned about it. And when they went home and they, they were both... Um, gun enthusiasts, avid hunters. They were, you know, they went on African safari, wild game hunting kind of stuff. And as Anne, the people do in those circles. Yes. Right, right, right. right. And Ann Woodward was known to be a reckless shot. Mm. Huh. So, yeah. So with all of that said, she shoots and kills her husband. And, the million-dollar question is, did she do it on purpose? But instead of answering that question, his family chose to cover it up in order to protect their family name. It was a tragic accident. And that's what you alluded to earlier, that the family chose to do that. So they weren't even concerned of about the if they just cared about their reputation no matter what. I think that they like did the societal math on, well, if the mom goes to jail, how is that going to impact her two children? It's going to look even worse. The children are going to be, you know, orphans on one side and children of a murderess on the other. And let's just send her away to Europe and just put her out of you know, our lives. Like she can't come back. Like she's no longer accepted in New York society. So she had built 
for 10 or 12 years, this reputation as being this like party, you know, this, that meant something back then to be right. a lady in the papers and stuff. And she had built this reputation and that, through a lot of hard work and all of it was completely stripped away. She had no friends. She had no family. She had nothing. She had a little bit, bit of money and she needed to take that little bit of money and go off to Europe. Here's where it gets really interesting. Truman Capote, the famous author. Yes. Was one of these guys that would show up at these fancy dinner parties if like a, you know, if a woman's husband wasn't around that particular evening she needed to date, he would accompany her. Mm-hmm. So he was kind of flittering about this crowd. He knew Anne Woodward and hated her. So in 1975, he publishes this story in Esquire magazine about her, detailing all her dirty secrets, all her dirty business, and she promptly commits suicide. Ooh. Wow. So he published an article. Right. So it it was the introductory chapters to a book Truman Capote actually never even finished. Oh, which wow. Is he was such wow. a good author. Yeah. Wow. And she committed suicide. So it had like that many details that she didn't want to come out. Or was it about bringing it back up again that she couldn't handle? Oh, my. I mean... I have so many I think questions. She was just all finished. I think wow. she was just like, I'm, I'm, yeah, like, like I, I can't, ha- I can't handle this again. Like going through this again, it's almost like, did I get away with it once? I can't do it again. I can't have these questions again. Or, wow, I don't know. Yeah. So I mean, it, it kind of brings up, you know, current people that have gotten away with doing what most people in society consider them to be guilty of you know like casing anthony yeah oj simpson like sure they got off but like what kind of life do you live after that right yeah i mean i can't imagine that casey anthony is living a good one she's hated i mean she's hated you know there's a reason why people don't really know where she is i feel like her life would be in danger not that I believe in necessarily vigilante justice, but would I be sad? Eh. <laughs> so I, you know, who knows what she's doing? Um, I, I would imagine that it's for her protection that we don't know what she's doing and about OJ. I mean, yeah, of course he's just hated. He's hated. He's has been for forever. So I can't imagine being like a socialite at that time. And going through that, was there a trial or was it just like squashed immediately as self-defense because she thought her husband was a prowler? Like, and that was the tragic accident. So did it even go to trial? So what, what's interesting is that she called her attorney, which to me doesn't seem that crazy because A, they didn't have 911 back then. Right. And he, when you're that kind of wealthy, I feel like that's what people would do. Yeah. Like, yeah. I agree. Hey, I just shot Billy. I'm calling 911. Click, you know? So she did that. So by the time the police got there, her attorney was already there and she had been sedated, which sounds very circa that time. Cause that mm-hmm. would never happen now. You yeah. Know, but that, could- that doesn't surprise me to hear, but to hear that from, yeah, the time. Right. And so she was so traumatized by the events. She was sedated. She was in the hospital for days. And I don't know if it was like days or weeks, but a period of time. And finally, they had like a grand jury. Mm, okay. To see if it should be brought to trial. And like everybody that was at the party with her, like they all said like the same kind of odd sentence, like, they were an ideally suited couple or something like very, you know, like, like all, I don't know, 82 people, let's say all said the same thing about them and reporters are kind of looking at them like, well, that's strange. But the grand jury was like, I don't know. Things seem fine in the marriage. I'm sure it was just an accident, you know, but you know, I mean, it, it does beg the question. Like they were both drunk. Uh Um, she was a reckless shot. Um, by many accounts, she was desperately in love with her husband and her entire, you know, everything that she considered worthwhile about herself was tied to this man. So why would she ever want to 
kill him and give that up. That doesn't make any sense, right? Yeah, I'm, you know, on, on, on the surface, yeah. Right? So, but there's rumors that she had another husband back in the day, back in Kansas, and she didn't bother to divorce him, and her husband found out when he went back to Kansas to buy an airplane. Really? Yep. Well, so... Okay, wow. Plot twist. Okay, so hold on a second. There's all kinds of plot twists. Yeah. So if that is the case, which is that conjecture or do we not know? Because wouldn't that make their marriage null and void? And in that case, she wouldn't be entitled to any money upon uh, B- Billy. Are we calling him Billy? Bill's Bill Jr., his death. Right. Like, How does that work? Or did nobody else find out about that? So... If you get married and even if your husband or your spouse already has a bunch of money when you get divorced, I don't know if laws have changed since then. I feel like they have and I'm more familiar with like current stuff. But, you know, like if it came to fruition that she was a bigamist and she never even bothered to divorce her first husband, then... She's not going to get anything, and she's just going to get thrown out on the street with the clothes on her back at that point in time as a girl. Right. You know? Yeah, that's what I would think. Right. So, you know, like, it, it's never really, it, it's been, like, assumptions and, like, certain books have alleged that that was what happened. That, that when, as they were coming home that night, Billy said to Anne, like, look, I'm done. I want a divorce. I don't want to do this anymore. And she was like, no, I'm not divorcing you. And then he was like, well, guess what? We don't even have to divorce each other because I know all about your first husband. I had lunch with your dad when I was in Kansas picking up my new airplane. He told me all about you. Oh, so if that story is true and then she killed him, then no one else would know about her previous marriage so exactly. it wouldn't exactly. matter yeah exactly. wow but, but then it also begs the question that because um billy woodward's mother by this point in time dad was dead so his mother was definitely running the show with like the family politics and stuff and i can't see his mother saying to him like no, you can't do that. You need to divorce her, like, under good terms, give her a decent whatever, and put her on about her merry little way. You have to think, like, things back then. I always think about, like, the the British royal family, you know, as the arbiter of, like, rules and things for back then. Although I think New York society was a little bit more lenient than British society. It was still, things were so different back then. Yes, people did get divorces, but they were frowned upon like very much so still. Yeah. And I'm, I'm trying to think of the other circumstances. Like I, I want to say like Gloria Vanderbilt's parents had a very tumultuous divorce and that kind of, but yeah, I mean it, it was happening, but it was still very much frowned upon back then. But by 1955, it was definitely becoming a little bit more commonplace and Billy's mom never liked Anne. She knew that she had, A, slept with her husband. Oh, how weird. I know, weird, right? And B, trapped her her son into marriage. And then C, tried to pretend that she was just one of her people when she obviously wasn't, according to the mom. So, yeah, it's a... I was just going to say, what made... What made him fall in love with her like in such a whirlwind like what was so special about her what do you think sex really but for i mean so what what made it different than her just being his mistress and him you know marrying some society girl and still keeping Anne on the side i i imagine a lot of rich bachelors we're in that same scenario and, you know, still didn't marry the girl that was not from the best family and not from their same class, if you will. So, like, what was it about Anne? Was it that good? So, <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, you know, because like the um, 
the the million dollar question is how much experience had Billy had before that? Hmm. You know, and if you bit into the worst pizza you've ever eaten on the planet, it's still going to be the best pizza you've ever eaten on the planet. It's just going to be the best and the worst pizza you've ever, you know. So I think that Billy was like a little bit shy and like inexperienced and she just like blew his mind away. And she was allegedly five years older than him. So when a guy is 21, 22, and a girl is 27. Well, yeah. And again, especially at a time, you know, back then when most men married girls much younger than them, you know? Right, right. And I'm like 100% sure she was lying about her age, but I don't know by how much. But she was definitely older, very experienced, very... um street smart and she was a chameleon and that that's kind of one of the things that fascinates me most about her is that she was able to transform herself so quickly by all she had to do is see someone wear something once or say something once or you know have a certain hand gesture and she could mimic them because all she wanted to do was to please Billy and like be part of his society and stuff yeah so so, has there ever been, like, a movie made about Ann Woodward? It just seems like you would, like, love that. Right. So, there was a very, very famous, there's been two or three pretty famous books published about this story. And the most famous one came out in the early to mid-80s. And since we were born at a particular age, you and I will remember the miniseries movie night on regular TV, ABC, CBS, NBC. <laughs> yes, I used to love a miniseries, yes. <laughs> right, right. So we did a miniseries, and Margaret was in it. Um, did she play the – yeah, I, I'm, I'm guessing she played the mom by that point because she was – yeah, but Anne Margaret was in it. It was – I tried to watch it one time. It was – yeah. It. I mean, like, the, the you know, it was not a great – it was a mini series from the 80s. <laughs> and me trying to watch it like circa, I don't know, 2018, 2019. I'm like, oof, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, but, you know, to going back to your question, I, Anne Woodward, she was a very magnetic, entertaining individual in a Wallace Simpson kind of way. Got it. Which that's another story about a man who just really fell head over heels for a woman. And people are like, why? <laughs> but, you right. know, sometimes love just do what it do, baby. <laughs> right. Right. And by all accounts, Wallace Simpson was a lot of fun to be around at a party. But she wasn't beautiful. So she wasn't intimidating to women. All right. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Anne Woodward, I, I, you know, I, I would, I, I would consider Anne Woodward beautiful, but not, you know, like, you know, when we were kind of sharing tidbits about this story and it came out, you know, cause she did some radio work and she was the face for radio or the most, most beautiful face in radio or something. Yeah. See, I had heard that she was like the most beautiful that she was dubbed the most beautiful woman in radio. And to me, my mind kind of goes to, well, so would she have made it in Hollywood? Because if you're the no. most beautiful woman in radio, I mean, you're doing radio. There's got to be a reason, right? I mean, maybe she was cute, but maybe she wasn't necessarily beautiful for those kind of standards. Does that make sense to where that's where my mind kind of went? It's like, oh, radi radio. Okay. So maybe you were like cute, cuter than most people, but maybe not like Hollywood beautiful for that time, maybe, um, but maybe, maybe way cuter than a lot of the girls that, like you said, Billy had seen. And if, if she had kind of been around and could just kind of show him some things and she was cute, you know, maybe then he was just like, oh, I love you. Yeah. And I know, like, like one of the things that I've been told is attractive about me, you know, by men, especially my husband, is my personality. 
you know, not so much, you know, like they, they, they like the outer shell, but somebody being like entertaining and fun to be around and vivacious, you know, what's she going to say next? Like, you know, guys love that. Well, yeah. Cause ultimately, I mean, there's, there's always, how do I say this without sounding flippant? I mean, there's always somebody for somebody like you can go on dates and meet people and do this and do that. And you can be attracted to a lot of different people, but you've got to be engaged somehow. Like your brain has to be like engaged somehow. Do you know what I mean? It, it just has to, I often look at what maybe I think on the surface are like super superficial Hollywood relationships. And it's like, you kind of have to think like, there's got to be more to it that we just don't know because that woman, the beautiful model or whatever has to be keeping the attention of this man in some other way. Beauty is not the only thing. It just can't be. I mean, it helps. (laughs) I mean, being cute helps, but you have to have personality. So do you think personality trumps looks? I mean, and in that case, is personality equal to a sneaky woman? (laughs) I I am jumping up and down because A, I want to answer your question, but first I have the fun story. Okay. Okay. So um, maybe like, People like our age, more so than younger years, will remember. But Julia Roberts, when we were in our early, late teenage years, she was it. Yes. She was, she was the cute, girl. quirky girl next door. Everybody loved Julia Roberts, right? Yep. Romantic comedy girl, boom, 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 whatever. And then she ups and marries this guy. And it's like, who is this gremlin? Ew, ew. Lyle she married Lovett. Lyle Lovett. Okay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yes. So he, she, okay. So by the time when I met Lyle Lovett and I met Lyle Lovett on multiple occasions, by the time I met Lyle Lovett, I was 19 and they were since divorced and he had like remarried or gotten with somebody, with another woman who I, I met her too. And he is very sexy in person. Really? He is sexy. Right. So. Wow. Right. So when I was in, so when I was in college, I, um, I, I, I worked at the Worthington hotel in Fort Worth, which at the time was the nicest hotel in Fort Worth by, by leaps and bounds. Like if anybody was a celebrity, they stayed at the Worthington hotel. So I met a lot of really random celebrities in you know 1998-99 and one of them was Lyle Lovett because the Bass Performance Hall was opening up literally next door and Lyle Lovett was staying at the hotel and what's super funny as okay so I I, I waited tables in this one restaurant It, it was like casual but swanky dining but it was a fancy hotel so I so I'm waiting on Carol Burnett on a two top with her daughter, Lyle Lovett in the corner with his like girlfriend, wife, fiance, and somebody's parents or something, but like a little family situation. And I'm like, like pouring water into Carol Burnett's glass. And she's like, I understand why Julia fucked him. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Carol Burnett. I love her. Wow. Okay. For that. She's oh like, my I understand. God. I understand why. <laughs> wow. Was, yeah. So like it, it's not all about like how does somebody look in a magazine or in a movie? Yeah. Because people can have a presence and like you might not get that presence, but to somebody else, it's like catnip. So I, uh, yeah. I agree so, with you. Chemistry so, is not necessarily just about like like the way people look, look to other people. I, I, I totally agree with you. Right. So I thought I was crazy. Wow. I'm like, <laughs> you know, no. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I, I wasn't trying to sniff them, but I'm like, is it like a cologne? Like what is going on? <laughs> Did he have beef pheromones? What is going, what's happening? <laughs> what is going on? 
Right. So, but then when Carol Burnett, who has seen and met everybody, was like, I understand, you know. But, but, but then it, well, I, oh but I'm kind of looking at Carol Burnett being like, oh, we're, we're fellow redheads. I understand. We're in the club. So that's what she's <laughs> Yeah. And yeah. And, but he was just, something about him was sexy and soothing. Okay. okay. In a non-threatening kind of way well i can see i mean i can see that i mean his voice was certainly that you know i mean the dude could yeah, sing yeah. So. He, he, he was very much like why don't you come on over back to my house and I'll just, you know, <laughs> i'm like wrap you in a blanket and take care of you and when you look back on where julia roberts was in her career at that point in time she definitely probably needed that so interesting so yeah so i guess i just see sometimes and maybe this is just like a judgment that i make that i need to get over is that i see women not putting as much into a man's looks as a man puts into a woman's looks as far as like settling down or having a partner so that it's just it's not necessarily true like you brought up wallace simpson i mean by no stretch of the, anyone's imagination would she be considered a beautiful looking woman, but people would call her what a handsome woman, right? She was very well put, put together, very enigmatic in her personality, um, supposedly very funny and like you said, engaging personality. So I always find it very interesting when like, not even necessarily super good. They don't even have to be super good looking men, but you just kind of always think that men are going to gravitate towards the pretty girl, the pretty girl, but sometimes there's, there's more to it. And it it's like in those two instances, you know, Wallace Simpson and Ann Woodward, it got, it got those guys in tr- a little bit of trouble. <laughs> One of them, a lot of bit in trouble. <laughs> One of them, a lot of bit in trouble. Right. Yeah. But, You know, the most classic case in our modern times is Charles, Diana, and Camilla. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that. I mean, their their story fascinates me. It fascinates me. Yeah. Not that I don't necessarily understand him needing a little bit more stimulation than, you know, Diana. I, I can actually get that. But... Still that it was just Camilla just blows my mind. <laughs> blows my mind. But, I mean, her her voice was really sexy from those phone conversations. <laughs> she, oh had a, she had a really nice voice. But she had that deep throat. Yeah, that's, that's never coming out of me. Sorry. <laughs> I, thank goodness my sweetheart like a high-pitched voice because my... <laughs> My voice. Yeah. But what what I do find myself doing is whenever I have the slightest chance of losing my voice, I'll go and like scream and like, cause I, I want the deep throaty voice. And whenever I have it, he like turns around and like runs. He's like, no. Uh, how funny. I do. I love that. Like when you get a cold, like it's like the friends episode when Phoebe gets a cold and she can sing so much better. I love that. It's like, you sound so sexy. <laughs> Right. I think I sound so sexy, but as we've talked in our outer recordings, he, he, he like it when I talk to him like a baby. Yeah, so there you go. Don't get a cold. Definitely don't get Corona. Oh, <laughs> you, you stay healthy for your husband, girl. <laughs> it's just all so interesting. A love and marriage and murder. Yep. So would you ever murder your husband? I would never murder my husband. He's too delicious. Yeah, no, we good. <laughs> We're good. No, yeah. I watch I watch some of these stories and you know, one of my shows is Forensic Files. I've seen them all, so I'm that's my show, Forensic Files. And it just never fails that I mean, again, sometimes it's a woman, right? But it's usually the man. Who kills his wife because the wife wants a divorce and the man doesn't want to pay her any money. And I'm like, what? So you kill somebody? It's just like, I just, I, 
I'm not, I'm not one. I think murder is a sin. <laughs> you, know, I, you know, it's one of the 10 commandments that I don't want to break. I, so, you know, I'm going to go with gonna no. Go out on a limb. You're going to go out on a limb and say, getting a little murder. He's not really on brand for Camille Coffin. Not, not my personal thing. You know, I like my drama on TV, not in my real life. So I'm going to go no murder. <laughs> No, no, like the movie Gone Girl and the book Gone Girl fascinated me. Oh, I love, I have not read the book, but I loved the movie. Um, that's one of those to where, you know, how most people say like, oh, the book's so much better. Yes. I'm going to say that it's a toss up because the movie was, the screenplay was written by the author of the book. Okay, which is always a good thing because they probably really try to keep some of those integral elements, you know. Right, right. And the author is a phenomenal writer, phenomenal, you know, screenplay creator. And the idea of like, if my husband cheat on me, I'm going to fake my murder and hide. That's very on brand with Heather. Yeah. Hey, I'm kind of with you there, Heather. I don't know if I, yeah, I don't know if I'd go to those steps, but I'm definitely more like you, but I'm going to make sure it really looks like you did something to me. Yeah. Yep. Let's make you sweat a lot. Don't play me. Don't play me, bro. Yeah. (laughs) And then I'm going to come home and and then I'm going to be the hero. And then I'm going to be like, I will cut you or something. Wow. Yeah. She was so smart. She was, she was smart. I I really liked that movie. Do you know what yeah. other movie? I don't know if you've seen it. It kind of reminds me of that movie. The last seduction. Did you ever see that movie with Linda Fiorentino? Oh, I, I, I saw it it's like older and years ago. Yeah. yeah. It's older. She was just so smart and manipulative and, you know, made, a dude fall in love with her but then like she just like her whole everything was a lie and she just made it it was was so good so women who are smart like that especially in movies and books like I don't I can't really hate them that much (laughs) right right yeah yeah I don't really hate them as much as probably some people do oh 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 I have my favorite lie (laughs) okay (laughs) okay so I can't recall the name of any of the parties involved, but this story was featured on Investigation Discovery ID channel. But it was also on like one of the network, like 2020 Dateline primetime. And the reason why it was on one of those shows is because it involved one of the producers of one of their shows and what she did or maybe should not have done she fell in love with a guy that she was interviewing. He was this like super, super sexy, like surgeon who was creating um, implants for people from their own cells. Yeah. I mean, it, it sounded very complicated and smart and he was super sexy. He had good curly hair, older. Anyway, so this producer who was just like really, really, really smart, smart lady got completely duped by this guy. And turns out this inventive procedure that he was trying to create was killing all of these people. And he was married and he had a second family and like all these exotic places. So like if you Google, he lied about everything. I think that was the name of one of the shows, but. The, the, the lady who this happened to, I mean, she was an investigative producer for, I want to say it was ABC. Huh. She was a producer who would dig into, like, people's stories and be like, no, 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 that's not true, you know. And this guy completely duped her and convinced her that, like, the Pope was going to officiate their wedding. The Obamas were coming. <laughs> What? It was going to happen in the castle in Italy in like three weeks. It was crazy. Why would he do that? What? Great. He lied about everything. Wow. Yeah, I don't. I'm unfamiliar with that story. But like, how did that? How did that story end? Like, what? I mean. 
so, right. So, so what, what happened was that, um, her friend sent her something she saw online being like, I thought the Pope was going to officiate your wedding on the 22nd. Why is he going to be in Ecuador? That sounds strange. And uh, then, <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. And then of course she forwarded the email to her fiance and was like, what the hell? Right. And then this is the first time, you know, cause Okay, so, and I can kind of relate to this because, like, right after I got engaged, I had to pack up my whole life and, like, get everything settled. And, you know, there was a lot of kerfuffle involved. So I can see how him saying, like, no, no, baby, I'm going to take care of everything. This is going to be your surprise wedding. All you have to do is pick out your dress, right? So she called the place where she thought the wedding was going to happen. And they're like, we don't know who you are, like, at all. And then she called the fiance and she was like what the hell and he's like oh no no i have so many explanations and she's like okay begin at any given point in time and he's like see what had happened was so <laughs> and then she sends out like an email or something to everybody she's like we're very saddened to tell you that the wedding is not going to take place right so and then she calls up a couple of her homegirls and she's like screw this i'm going to uh, I'm going to go to Spain and see, because she had never actually been to his, like, residence where they were going to live, which seems super sketchy, too. So sketchy. Right? Oh, my God. She was so desperate. I can't. Okay, keep going. (laughs) Right, right. A note to all the ladies out there dating. If a guy does not take you to his crib within 30 days, you dump him. I have so many receipts to tell you why. Mm. Right, right, right. So she gets her friend to go and, you know, like, Hey, what's up, homeboy? And he's like, Hey, what's up? And she's like, I just wanted to give you this bottle of wine since you know it's a sad day. You're supposed to get married today. He's like, Oh, thank you. And then the background is like, Honey, you want some pizza? Or like, you know, it's uh, like a white race in the background. There's like a little kid running out, you know, between his legs. And the girl's like, Oh, hell no. So that's how she discovered he had the second family. Wow. That's that's a pretty big lie. He lied about everything. I I'm like 100% sure that's the name of it. But, but she's got some culpability. I'm sorry. Like you cannot, I mean, you're so starved for love and affection that you literally like fall for all of that. Like the Pope is going to officiate your wedding, homegirl. Come on. Yeah. Wow. That's a big lie. (laughs) Yeah. He Yikes. lied about everything. TV program. He, he, he had nice curly Rocky three hair. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like a true crime story could be summed up in a few hours on a screen. And it, it, it takes a special story to have a few like twists and turns for me to like actually order it. Yeah. Yeah, like, like there was one that happened a few years ago in kind of like the desert part of California where this like mom had this quote unquote, again, perfect life. And then her husband was just found dead at his job and turns out she had an affair with the fireman because she was working a side job at Costco and what? she was giving samples and he wanted some of her samples <laughs> and then they talked on the phone all day about jesus oh my god but she was really a swinger it was oh my god people there are just so many crazy double lives and lies and uh, wow like how do you have the energy to be like that i don't have the energy to fall asleep at night <laughs> Like my, my husband and I, we were, we were driving to an outlet mall one day and there was a lot of traffic, but we really, anyways, we were stuck in traffic for like two hours or something. And we had this long talk about like fidelity, you know, and like not cheating and, you know, and like, besides the, you know, the part that like, we love each other and, you know, we're not supposed to, and we wouldn't want to all that good stuff. Like, right. What really put my soul at ease that he would never, ever cheat on me is that my husband lazy. (laughs) I'm serious. Like, like, 
I know he loves me. I mean, like all like all of that stuff, but like it it, it, it takes too much energy. It takes too much. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and he know and, and and he knows I'm sneaky, but like he knows that like all like fine stuff. So he's like, it's not even worth. It's not. It, it would never ever be worth the effort. I would divorce you before it would be worth the effort, and I would never divorce you because that also takes a lot of effort. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, and 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 he's like looking at me, and he's like, "Does anybody think I? You know, he's like, this is this is it. Like, this is all we get. Like, this is you know." And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> That's all I'm saying is who, how do these people have the energy? They must work out. (laughs) They must work out in order to be deceitful in their marriages because I can't handle it. (laughs) That's just like, yeah, it's like, like, is it just me or am I wrong? Or like, you never know when your spouse is going to be like, hey, like, I'm going to ask you a random question about something. And like, if you've been like deceiving that little section of your life and all of a sudden you get all weird and they're like, why are you acting weird? And then it comes the problems. People are like, what's going on? You know, like, it's just. (sighs) Yeah. We need to have a whole nother show about like, you know, about, about that kind of thing. I don't know. Cause I, it, it, it's like one of those topics that fascinates me. Cause I, in my brain, I don't understand. And you know, it's, it's easy to judge people as long as there's not murder involved. Let me just say that if there's murder involved, I'm going to judge you. But if you <laughs> were just talking about infidelity, my main thing is I just don't understand how you have the energy for it or why you, I mean, I guess I know things change in a marriage, but like, why get married? Why get married? Like you don't have to get married. (laughs) Unless somebody twisting your arm to get married. Like it's man, come on. I, anyway. Yeah. I don't understand. I'm too tired. When I told Dave that was not a deal breaker, he was like, "Oh, I can't do it's, that if I'm if I'm finished." I was like, "No, it's gonna take more than that. Sorry, we gonna work it, it out." And he oh, was well, like, "That's good. It's a that's definitely a deal breaker for me." But yeah, I mean, right, right, no, no, no. But like the look on his face, you know, because I, I I do feel like when sometimes when people don't have the heart to just say like, "Look, I'm done here." They'll just openly cheat, especially if they find somebody they're like, oh, it might work out with Tanya or Travis or whatever their name is. Tanya or Travis. I'm sorry to everybody listening. I'm Tanya and Travis. I'm sure you're very nice people. But my, yeah, but, but, you know, it's like, I'm sure it'll work out with like so-and-so or they're like, even if it's not like, I got to get out of this gig. So I'm just going to get caught cheating. Right. Again, if you have this whole, like, grown-up life, like, why can't you be grown-up with that? Like, is it that hard to communicate that? Like, it's that hard? So, it's that hard to be truthful. So, let's take the harder route and break someone's heart, like, and be deceitful. Right. And be, I just don't understand that. Yeah. But you're right. That's what people do. I don't know. It takes a lot of work, a lot of planning to craft, like, an elegant exit. Huh. That's the best way I can describe it. Like, you know, like, I mean, neither of us have ever gone through a divorce or anything, so we can't really speak for personal experience. But, you know, like, 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 let's say that you've like worked at a job for a really long time, and that job has kind of the people you work with kind of feel like family. You know, and then you kind of, you get that feeling in your stomach. You're like, yeah, I'm done. Like this part of my life is just over. I need a new chapter. And then having to like walk into someone's office and be like, look, I'm done, bro or ma'am or. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult, but I mean, I've done that several times. So that might not be the best example for me, but I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying because I have had work families. And luckily for me, I've stayed in touch with people who, you know, I consider, you know, people who are in my work family. So I get, I get where you're coming from with that. I mean, it's not an easy thing to do 
So I, I, I get it, but in your job, it's got to be done. You can't just string along a job and, you know, yeah. have another job. <laughs> I mean, maybe some people do, but. <laughs> You've been in dispense reports or dinners you've been taking yeah i don't know how your work performance is gonna be good that's the thing like how is how do you have the energy for that too it's all about energy (laughs) that's what it goes back to that's what i'm stuck on so so i think we could definitely talk a lot more about how people how people do infidelity i don't know yeah this should be something we should talk about like how you do your infidelity like how do you do that? But yeah, yeah whatever. Like, if you, even if you're cheating, like don't kill your spouse. So yeah, <laughs> that's like, what this episode's all about. Just don't do it. Don't be don't, like Ann Woodward or <laughs> don't kill your boo, yo. Like just leave, leave, yeah, leave in like a blaze of glory. Leave TLC style where she sell his clothes on fire. I think she spent some time in jail, but like, don't kill anybody. Like, yeah, but then we wouldn't have our, our good TV to watch. Like we said earlier, like it makes for some great riveting television that women like us just really seem to love. Yeah. So I like how every true crime episode has a delightful beginning, a horrific middle, and then a resolution of some sort. Yeah, like any perfect story would, right? <laughs> right. But I, I feel like women kind of fall into the category of like you either watch like Real Housewives kind of stuff as like an indulgence escapism kind of show or you watch The Murders. Well, I mean, I watch both. I watch both. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely wonder what the breakdown is of people that watch just one or just the other. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, maybe you're right. Maybe people watch both, but like whenever I've had like conversations with like female friends or like, what do you, you know, like, or like people I know, like from like networking stuff, like what kind of shows do you watch? And I was like, I like to go home and watch a good murder. And they're like, Oh, Oh, wasn't expecting that. I don't know that. Yeah. I don't know that I have too many other friends who have been that vocal about (laughs) like loving murder TV. So I'm not sure, you know, murder like me. Yeah. I don't know. Like, are they, do they like it and they just feel like judged so they don't speak up or do they just not like that kind of stuff? Like, I really want to know. So listeners let us know. Like, do you watch a lot of murder TV, true crime? Do you watch more like reality TV or like, you know, drama type stuff, which I don't, I don't really do like dramatic, like series, scripted series. Like this, this is us. I've never seen that before. I've never seen that. I I would sit down and watch it in the right situation. Maybe, possibly. I don't know. (laughs) So probably not. (laughs) So, I mean, I, I, I think my problem is that I've gotten so spoiled by Prime Video, Netflix, Hulu, On Demand, that I'm like, I don't want to, you know, like, if I like one episode, I don't want to watch one 30-minute episode and then tune in next week for next week's episode. I'm like, no, I want I want the whole story when I want it because I'm a spoiled brat. That's how I want it. Yep. Same. I'm a binger. I will binge watch. Absolutely. But I also like, I, I enjoy dramatic movies, but it's something about the, like, maybe like you said, I don't know. It's just something about the dramatic television shows that I am just not into. I mean, I watched Grey's Anatomy, maybe like the first five seasons, but I had a very different life back then. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, I mean, it's been on for forever. I can't tell you what happened in Grey's Anatomy in the last, like, 10 years or so. I haven't watched it. It's just not in my wheelhouse of enjoyment anymore. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't don't know. Is is that same chick still working at the hospital? Like, that's what usually happens with doctors. Like, is she doing okay? Like, I don't even know. Like, like, I... I, I know the original characters on the show and the plot makes steamy, make dreamy, but I never sat down and watched the show. 
and I mean, I did. I I loved um, what was the one with Clooney a long time ago? ER. I really liked that show. So I was kind of into like the medical dramas, you know. But after Grey's after Grey's Anatomy, and maybe I got older, and then I was like, this is just the same thing. <laughs> like maybe that's what it was. Just like this is just really the same thing as like ER. It's like they're going to get in a romance with each other some kind of way. And, you know, then they're going to get married and then they're going to have a kid and then somebody's going to die. And then these other people are going to have a romance and then somebody's going to get promoted to chief of staff. Or it was just the same thing. And so the medical drama, it's just, it's, that's, it's, it's a hard no for me these days. Yeah. What about nurse Jackie? I never watched that, but I probably would because I heard that was really good. I love Edie Falco. I believe that's her name. I loved her on Sopranos. And wasn't she like into drugs? So that's kind of my, that's my wheelhouse. <laughs> right, right. So, so Nurse Jackie is like the, um, she is the epitome of the female anti-hero, right? Okay. Like Batman, you know, like you, you know, so She's this, like, amazing nurse, like, beyond belief, amazing nurse. And she has a huge drug problem. And she's fully functioning. But she got to hide it, and her tolerance is kicking up quick. Mm. So, and she's salty, but, con- yeah, I mean, like, she, I, I love her character, and... um. For folks that are big fans of Sex and the City, the guy that plays her husband on the show was the guy who played, his character was literally called The Asshole. It was like season like two or three of Sex and the City. He's very good looking, had curly hair, big blue eyes. And Carrie dated him and then Miranda met him at a funeral. And he Oh, really yeah. Crazy. Yeah, and I remember him. Like, she's the asshole. No, she's the asshole. Yeah, so that guy is Edie Falco's husband on the show. Huh. Yeah, which is kind of an odd pairing, but he gets really angry really fast a few seasons into it. I don't want to spoil anything. But, you know, if you like medical dramas um, with a little bit of, like, comedy in them, like, I, I would maybe take a look at Nurse Jackie. I think it's on Netflix. I've seen, yeah, I've seen the little like, you know, rectangle thing on Netflix. So I I, I would definitely check that out. It seems different than the standard medical drama, which is probably why I might like it. So right now I'm watching Dexter and I'm not finished with it. I think I talked to you about that. Um, So I got to finish Dexter. I'm on, I don't know why I didn't watch that when it came out because I love it. It's all about murder. (laughs) So it's amazing. Dexter's. Um, dark and yeah I don't like his forehead well I don't like him <laughs> I, he, he, he looks a very he looks very um when I look at him and this is no no shade but I just feel like he's he's got a little bit of like the Matt Damon thing going on exactly what is that it's not good for me it doesn't work for me either, but to me, they could play, yeah, they could play like brothers in a movie or something. I think they like kind of look similar to me. Yeah. And, and then like he had like the, the sister on the show that was really his wife in real life. That got super weird. Was that really his wife in real life? Yes. How weird is that? I don't see. Yeah. I don't know anything. I just, I'm like, I don't know why I didn't watch this when it was like on actually. So I'm watching it on Netflix right now and it's so good, but they, their relationship is kind of weird on the show anyway, right now. So anyway, like I'm on season seven and it's kind of weird, but, um, yeah. He seems like he should end up with like a short, cute kind of girl, not like a long lanky girl. Huh? Well, again, you maybe her personality is just so engaging. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she got some Wallace Simpson sprinkled upon her. Yeah, I mean, maybe she's got that little little Wood Woodward and Wallace. Hey, don't steal that. That sounds like the name of a company. That's a great name. <laughs> Woodward and Wallace Interior Design. Right? Isn't that like a great name? Okay, don't use that. We need to trademark that. <laughs> Woodward and Wallace, slutty and nasty. I don't know. 
there you go. Guys, thank you so much for listening to my, we hope you enjoyed the episode. Be sure to stay tuned next time as we talk a little bit about the coronavirus and touch on some astrology basics. So that should be fun. Be sure to follow us at the seller pod on Instagram and don't forget, stay classy, keep it nasty, but don't murder anybody. Bye.